Thank you for joining the ESBC podcast network where the goal of the podcast is to make me money. And the reason I say it, because really the goal of the podcast is to be candid and uh, forward thinking and give you information that you cannot get anywhere else, that the mainstream media and major media outlets, for the most part, are scared to give you the correct information. And also because we've become so polarized as a society, um, so many things going on that a lot of people do not want to react to and just don't really have insight into people that we decided to take things to the next level and uh, profile people and not be hypocritical like athletes that say, I'm doing this for the universe. I'm doing this because the universe got me here. I'm doing this for the people. I'm doing this for the fans, right? No, we're not, you're not. <laughs> you're doing it for yourself. You're doing it for the money. You're doing it for your own ego and a myriad of other reasons. Now, if you're the smartest, toughest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. That's why I brought Mike Prestonisi, known him over a decade, successful businesses, successful kids, successful marriage, and he's bringing insight. And every single business meeting has to have a outcome and a purpose. So the purpose is to make money, to give you insight, I watch a lot of true crime with my wife, who's a psychotherapist, right? And we're giving you insight into horse racing, true crime that you cannot get anywhere else, right? And insight into the horse racing industry. We gave you the winner of the Kentucky Derby, Medina Spirit, who said Bob Bradford, <laughs> Spike the Horse, is going to win. Then I changed my mind and then I put it on Twitter. And I'll make sure the photo, link to the photos in the episode notes, right? Then on Twitter, we went ahead and gave you, um, I want to call him Run Runner, because it's something like that. But it was 12 to 1, and we made you a lot of money. So thank you for, for joining us, Mike. Mike Prestonisi, Accurate Business Coaching, ADA Compliance. If you have a structure or something that's not ADA compliant, go ahead and contact us so you won't get sued and have your credit ruined and have your business destroyed. Thank you for joining us, Mike Prestonese. Yeah, thank you, Josh. You know, it's really interesting talking about the Kentucky Derby and the Preakness. And I say this to your credit and to your due diligence, and I'm just part of this team, but you are the one who's always telling people ahead of time, beforehand, here's what we think, here's what our research has shown, here's what our due diligence has uh, brought up. And so you're the one that gets a lot of kudos, Josh, for talking about the Baffert situation. Uh, just the other day we're talking about, the question came up, well, when did Bob become this guy versus this really good horse trainer that loved horses? And you and I have been talking about that. I, that's a good question. 
somebody somewhere in this whole milieu of people came to Baffert and said, Bob, Bob, you're the guy. You got the gift. You're talented. And Baffert probably initially said, well, no, I'm just, no, 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 Bob. No, listen to me carefully. You're the guy. And all of a sudden, when you tell somebody enough stuff long enough, Josh, they start believing it. It's like you got right. people to believe your own press releases, right? Right. Somewhere along the line, Bob, between all the marriages and all the kids and all the money owed and all this and that, he got sucked into this vortex of, yeah, I'm the guy. I, I It's me. If it's all about Bob Baffert. And if not, uh, then I'm not interested. So thank you for pointing out a lot of things ahead of time. The winner of the Kentucky Derby, winner of the Preakness. And you called it. So kudos, man. Yeah, because, you know, media or media, people talk about things after the fact. But what about now? Yeah. Where's your record? Where's your prospectus? Where's your tracking? So what we do here, and as we get into uh, the NFL season in college, the, the games have been already gone out, 572 regular season games, right? Going to be NFL. Over-unders and plus, we're shooting for 370 wins which means uh, we make a lot of money. The outcome is to make money. The outcome is to get insight into people, your surroundings, so you don't get killed. You got to know your surroundings. And then number three, yeah. right? Basic mental health, right? We're in a mental health crisis in this country. So what we provide on this podcast, and actually, uh, my person has a degree in counseling. I've been a psychotherapist for 17 years. We give you mental health first aid kit, right? Mental health first aid kit. So we're going to tell you things, right, to help you with your mental health. Yeah. Mike Prisonisi and I have a combined 120 years of life. <laughs> and, uh, you know, a lot of times people, what they say when... It's a cry for help. So two people came to me, have come to me the last 15 years because they know that I'm going to talk them out of using cocaine, right? And I said, let's not even talk about the usage. Let's talk about that what you believe is what you do, right? And the way you get rid of depression is fast, easy to do, you know, or easy to talk about, hard to do, right? Triggering event. And you write your key thoughts and beliefs, put your feelings, because us guys, we bury our feelings, and then what the positive conclusion is, right? So beliefs is the second part of it. You got to do it in order. It's like sales. You got to get agreement before you start trying to close people. People make millions of dollars closing people. That's still not the right thing to do. Salesmen think short-term. Business women and men think long-term, right? So what you believe it's what you do, which is kind of fundamental about this horse racing true crime. I said, okay, you know, I'm not here to judge or whatever. You can use as much cocaine. You believe in cocaine because you're doing cocaine. You know, like, God, I believe in that. Yes, you believe in that, right? And both of them reported getting off because they're like, that's crazy that I believe instead of believing in God, Jesus Christ, Buddha, or religion, my religion is cocaine, and I believe in cocaine. I believe in the way it makes me feel. I believe in it. I, I believe in this thing that's destroying my life. I actually have a heartfelt belief in this. Mm -hmm. People start realizing 
whether they, they, what you do is what you believe, people start making better decisions, right? So that's why, right? You listen to this podcast <laughs> for that and many other reasons, right? Insight. So I'm going to read you a comment. We're talking, you have some great insight into Bob Baffert, right? So we'll get into Bob Baffert. What we'll do is we'll get into Bob Baffert. We'll talk a little bit about Bob Baffert because uh, he's huge in the industry. We heard it here first. We were talking about Bob Baffert way before any of this blew up and how you use this to make money. So all the information in this podcast is so you make money. And as Coach Mike knows from the days we were in a business networking group, more than a decade ago, right? I'm all about uh, make, doing something tonight when you stop listening to the podcast or watching the live stream, actionable steps to make money and pay the rent, right? Because that, that is the bottom line, right? Actionable money in the richest country of the world to make money now. So it's all, all that's linked to that, right? So we'll read the comment from on uh, actually YouTube, uh, we'll read through, towards what anti-personality disorder is, right? And how we get to that. Uh, we'll go through, you know, what, what is a fact, what is evidence, what, what is direct evidence, uh, in, in fact, right? We'll go through all that. And then we'll talk about Linda Rice. He is an award-winning trainer for 35 years who, you know, come to know she's living a life of crime. She's a horse trainer. And this is horse racing, true crime. More insight, right, into why people commit crimes, how the people are around you, right? And what can we learn from this as we head to the Belmont States into the Belmont racing season? Because People don't change unless they have to. And what's important is uh, the elements that are involved and getting ahead of it like we have. If, if people don't like true crime, if people like racing, if they want an NBA that's worth more than Warden and you want to see it in action, in real time, start listening to the podcast from the beginning and then follow all the way through the Kentucky Derby. Yeah. Actionable steps, getting ahead of the game to make money and learning uh, psychology, right? Which is 60% of business. Mm-hmm. Basic mental skills, right? Purpose and verifiable outcomes, right? So let's read what, uh, and thank you for doing so. We got in a lot, and I saw you edit it. It edited your comments, so you worked hard on this. So thank you, and you provide a lot of insight. And there's a lot of meat in here, and it adds an element that's near and dear to my heart, which is you see the book back there of Huey Long, right? Local political corruption, which is the worst. Everybody's, you know, going on and on about uh, Pelosi and McCarthy. And Schumer this and Mitch McConnell that and Biden this from that really where you're getting fleeced happens to be where you can make the most impact and it is how everywhere around this country your local politicians are stealing your uh, not only 
right? Your quality of life, they're stealing your tax dollars. And unfortunately, that's uh, very, very uh, verifiable, very current. He, uh, he, he's, he calls himself PDP, PDP, all right? And he says, there. He writes, I've been watching this Bob Bathard saga play out from NZ, right? I guess from the beginning. I watched your interesting podcast titled Jason Service, Horse Racing, True Crime. Directly as a result of his name being dropped from the forums I participate in, right? So we give you information you can't get anywhere else. The information uh, people are afraid to give, unfortunately, right? Or to hand, hand out there, unfortunately. There's something interesting about what's playing out. I've taken on board your thoughts and recognize how the integrity within the racing industry is going by the wayside, right? Mm -hmm. So again, good insight. We don't give anybody really what our opinion is. Anybody can have their opinion. But you can't have your own facts. We're reporting, and I, you know, it. I don't think retreating necessarily is going by the wayside because there's too much money involved. But uh, we're seeing play out what you, we've seen in the entertainment industry. We've seen pretty much in any industry, and what we see play out in the newspapers, play out in the companies we work for, clients. We're just seeing the human condition kind of play out, and what our job is to do is to recognize patterns, right? Because math is taught incorrectly, has been taught incorrectly in this country. It has been focused on memorization and calculation. But at its core, what math is, and math does to help you make money is pattern recognition. You recognize patterns, you are doing math, right? So that's what we're doing, we're recognizing patterns, getting ahead of them, and getting 12 to 1 in the first two trip around races, right? right? Now, given you recognize corrupt individuals in high places, we recognize them from a hard time. Very lucky, right, that I grew up in the church. And this is in the good books, it's probably in all the holy good books. But corrupt individuals in high places have been there from the beginning, right? When Jesus was born, they were going to cut his head off because yep. he was corrupt. He was afraid of Jesus, so they were going to cut his head up. So, all right, so he keeps going. Industry of bet, the local political level, and again, at the very top, we had the top gay Republican, uh, Carl DeMeo, thanks to Mike Prestonisi, and thanks to Mike Prestonisi, we had Jim Desmond as well. So we gave you real live board members. We get real journalism, you hear people's voices, you hear how they think, the people on these boards. It was stand to reason the corrupt call on the corrupt to make something else corrupt. Very eloquently said here by PHP or PDP. PDP. And uh, that person has to get in contact with me to let me know what that acronym is and I won't publicize it, but I'm sure it's probably something interesting. 
Yeah. It's not Bob Baffert, is it? <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like Bob Baffert, right? Effectively to spread the spirit of corruption. Right? Yeah, there you go. Very, very well said. So this person probably gone to church too, it seems like. Yeah. If, if we are to put forward the thinking that Bob Baffert is already corrupted. Now, what are your thoughts? I'm going to stop here before we ask you a series of questions. Yeah. But I don't know necessarily that Bob Baffert has been corrupted. It's that the fact that we live in a uh, very corrupt world. The, the, the economists did a study and they surveyed 115 countries and they wanted to find out which country is the most corrupt or which countries have corruption and which countries don't. The study concluded that all countries have corruption. Surprise. And there's really two levels of corruption. There isn't a, lot, a wide range. So most all countries are corrupt. So is Bob Baffert corrupted or is he responding and part of the corrupt world he is? I think the latter. What do you think? My person needs to. You know, first of all, Josh, to be fair to Bob Baffert, I don't know the man. I've never met him. I've never shook his hand. I've never talked to him. So I don't know him from a can of corn, per se. I see a 22-second soundbite. I can't base my system of belief on that. I right. do follow your wording about patterns, patterns of behavior, for example. Right. And let's say you get married and then you make some money, then you get divorced. You owe your wife some money, okay? Then you get married again, you get divorced, you have children. Then you get married, you get divorced. Then you have alimony and child support. So I think what's happened over the years, Bob, to his discredit, has been married, divorced, married, divorced, married, divorced with children. He's a, probably accumulated some debt. Right. So he is, in my humble opinion, very close to people that could easily corrupt him to help him, albeit they have a hidden agenda, which is, look, Bob, we got to do this because this, there's a lot of money here. So it's very, for me, very believable to think he's very close to corruption a lot, especially right. in the industry. Right. Now, at first glance, it seems like he's committing fraud, but it is. And he's not doing anything illegal. What he's doing is cheating. And then you got to look at the environment, right? Which I think uh, these folks haven't done. That's why these people on these boards, right, who have to maintain a reputation are now uh, using enforcement mechanisms against them that they have not used in the past they're not breaking any laws right and then, so you get to uh what people's belief systems are and here like in lake forest very affluent place when we were uh, getting a corrupt politician recall it was interesting to listen and talk to people who would never do anything illegal but were very candid that they would do uh something unethical or immoral to make money. They had no problem with it. And they expect politicians, by extension, more members to do so, right? Again, we're not making any value statement or any decisions. We're just outlining in detail and comprehensive what our surroundings are and what's going on, right? With Bob Bather and in our ability to get ahead and uh, pick the right horses. We have tickets like the one in the episode notes you can look at 
uh, myself, my extension, my Christianity, <laughs> winning 12 to 1, Rumbar. All right. So if we put forward the thinking that Bob Bather is already corrupted, he's setting a basis. So this could be a lawyer, right? Setting a basis. And then on top of the basis, coming up with a conclusion. Why then all the theater, right? What's the goal of it all? He's going crazy. What's the goal of it all? What are we trying to get? Well, let me know your thoughts, but I think the goal are the Kingland horse sale, $233 million. The handle of the Kentucky Derby, what? $233 million. <laughs> the pattern. And I'll check the Belmont State. But I'll stop there. What do you think is the goal of it all? I think somebody way up at the top, Josh, is as corrupt as all the people all the way down the line. So they're trying to play this moral card. Well, we have to we have to make sure, like this Linda Price, we have to make sure we do something against her, some sanction to make us look like we're actually this governing board, which right. in fact they're just hiding the fact that they're all corrupt. Now right. I'm not I'm not blaming and condemning somebody if you're in a system that's corrupt and the whole the whole closed loop system's corrupt you by default you're corrupt and if you are offended by that whether you're watching or listening don't be you're in a corrupt system okay and unfortunately for bob beffert i think for example when did he say in his heart and his mind hey it's okay to give this horse a performance enhancing drug when is when did he say that's okay well because somebody said, Bobby, we need $10 million, and this horse has got to win this race to get the big prize. Right. That's one he right. in his head and his heart. And all of a sudden, one a few weeks later or a month later, the horse dies. What does Bob Baffert say? Geez, I didn't want to kill the horse. Okay, next. I mean, you literally move on. So right. the game here is it's a massive cover-up, in my humble opinion. Well, he asked because he has a 10-year-old kid. He's just divorced. Yeah. He literally has to move on right so yeah i'd love to have bob come on i'd love to have bob baffert come on our podcast and say tell us are we full of baloney are we clowns are we liars or is this close wow and yeah, i think he already wrote so i think it might be easy to get him on <laughs> yeah yeah i think pdp might be his guy <laughs> right 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 so what's the goal of it all now that's, that's why we think it is Bob and happy to have on. You know, we're regular guys and we're not judging you. We understand you haven't done anything illegal. And you understand that everybody gets into a top spot. Yeah. And uh, you've done very well for yourself. You're a Hall of Famer, regardless. Right. But uh, 30 of his horses, right? We look at patterns, right? 30 of his horses have tested 30, including the one that won the Triple Crown, Justify. Justify, yeah. Uh, and then the, our favorite horse that we'll get into more detail as more uh, items get added, added to the indictments of Jason Service oh, yeah. and George Navarro. Mm -hmm. uh, maximum security that Bob Baffert won a couple of triple crown races with. Okay? Now I'd consider the opposite for right? This is why we think this might be Bob Baffert. Bob Baffert is being pressured. His reputation smearing has become known as a tool of choice for the hidden enemies to get Baffert to cave. Now, uh, my personality and myself, we have enemies. Uh, people that we haven't done anything to, but they are jealous of the real and perceived success that we've had. Now, 
I've gotten a client for 20 million, uh, one for 50 million, another one for 40 million that we've done business concierge with. We helped them with securities licenses with investments. And all three have a common denominator, right? All three have had enemies who lost out on the deal, who have uh, reported me to FINRA, the California State Board of Insurance, to put claims on my licenses, begun lawsuits, right? And all three times they, they, they did lawsuits and they didn't show up to court. I was ready, right? <laughs> I was nice prepared, they didn't show up. In all the hearings with all the boards, I won 100%, right? So it doesn't matter who you are. My dad, who's been a minister for 60 years. I'd like to know your thoughts on this, Mike Christie's. Because Bob Bathurst has the same type of enemy. That regardless of what he's done, they're merely, um, they feel offended by Bob Bathurst's success. So my dad wouldn't hurt a fly. And I was shocked when he told me this. I actually was scared when he told me this. So I was like, dad, never would think you would say something like this, right? Was 100% on faith. Uh, he's he's never taken an aspirin. He just prays when he gets a headache, yeah. right? And he's uh, yeah lived 100% on faith. And he told me that if we treated fairly all the people we have come across in our life, we would have to have a personal cemetery in our backyard so many people that we deserve to kill based on what they've done to us because he calls them free enemies get mm -hmm. yeah, enemies yeah. for free yeah. uh Zig Ziglar used to say you get fake friends and true enemies your thoughts uh, my well it's funny you mentioned the term uh, enemies or people that don't like us or hate us or whatever that's it's envy you know, people are envious. And I ask people, I say, for example, I've been married 40 years to the same woman. I thank God for that. My wife, Mary Jane, is a blessing to me beyond all words. But it's not been all a bed of roses. And we don't always, haven't always agreed. And there's been many times where we've had serious, I'll call them discussions. We're both of Italian descent. You can imagine we're in discussion. <laughs> it's animated, right? Right. But we always come to the conclusion that we're a team. And so as I've, we've lived our lives, we've had the opportunity to speak to people, speak into their lives. And some people have flat out told us, you're full of fill in the blank. I'm not going to ever listen to you, blah, blah, blah. And they leave. Okay, I, I'm not going to go home and draw warm bathwater and then slip my wrist, commit suicide because someone doesn't like me, Josh, or they don't agree right. with me. Okay. And a lot of people, especially in California, are so easily offended. If you right. say one thing to them, it's a trigger that sets them off. And we as professionals in business have to learn to listen longer, let people vent every now and again. I don't have a right. problem when you're venting. Let's say you're venting because you hate Republicans. You blah, 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 blah. Okay, I may disagree with you. I'm not going to call you names and hang up on your stop the podcast. <laughs> gosh, we should talk about this more, right? Right. And as you discussed, and I really do think, and I'm, I'm being serious here, if Bob Baffert comes on, if he's watching or listening or has someone, I would love to talk to Bob. I would love to help him with his life. I think you and I could really help him with some life choices because choices have what? They have consequences, right? That's why we do this podcast. We're trying to help people 
listen to us, watch our 103,000 years of experience or whatever it is, life lived. Right. Don't make some mistakes we've made. And if you have questions, get a hold of us. We'll be happy to answer them. Uh, absolutely. You're right, because a lot of the issues, because he hasn't done anything illegal, has been PR. And then dealing with these board members, right? Yeah. We saw the ridiculous statements of the people in Kentucky. Uh, they they want to hold them accountable based on tests from a lab that they uh, they fired, right? But then Bob's response is, you know, changing his story four times. And then the last one that he came up with, the last one, you know, uh, was as bad as our Sherman uh, that somebody coughed on the horse. That's why the horse tested dirty. They they ate hay. Somebody had dropped pills. How do you drop pills in hay and the horse eats the hay with a pill? I do that all the time, didn't you? Right. Or it was crushed pills and it was powder. Who's crushing pills around horses and putting them in hay? Come on, Bob. All right. All right. So is Bob Baffer being pressured? Uh, His this reputation smearing has become known a tool of choice for his hitting enemies, all of our enemies, not just him. He simply institutes assertion of power authority, right? Uh, This theory aside, there's something amiss when the usual protocols aren't followed by the institutes having a legitimate role in the industry. So it comes to what we talked about in the beginning, and then I want to have a podcast with yourself, Luciano, right? And you guys study uh, the parallels between regulating the FINRA, right? I always have the FINRA book, so if they raid my office and look through all the files of all those rich people, right, to see what I'm doing wrong, I have the rule book here because I know I have to win the case here now for the guys raiding the office before it goes any further. But between FINRA, right, and the sports betting industry, because it's the same thing. Right now, the broker-dealer, the Merrill Lynch, is DraftKings, the bookie, right? So I'll run it through again. And what we're doing in this podcast, we're giving you full, complete information, and it's rich. And you will know a lot to make money, right? Because you have what we talked about. Is something immoral? Is something uh, unethical? Is something illegal? Coach and I, Mike Prasenisi, won't do any of those three. We will not do something we perceive as being unethical. We won't do anything that's, that's immoral in our view, in our perception of morality, and much less anything illegal. My friends and neighbor here in Lake Forest, California, Mission Viejo, Orange County, Newport Beach, have reported to me, right? Sample size of, I got uh, 3,000 signatures to recall this guy. So that means I've talked to maybe 10,000 people. So sample size, 10,000 people in this area, right, uh, told me that they wouldn't do anything illegal because it's high risk, a lot of money involved. But in a second, we'll do something immoral or unethical, right? So I'll read this again to get back to what we're talking about. So you got that, right? You got that part of it. Theory aside, there's something amiss when the usual protocols aren't followed by the institutes having a legitimate role in the industry. So we talk about when something's immoral or illegal, there has to be teeth 
to have an enforcement, right? Because the super rich guy from South Dakota, older guy said, Josh, I was going on one of these rants about this specific topic. He's like, people don't change unless they have to change. You have to have enforcement mechanisms. And that's what's wrong with these local boards, city councils, county commissions. We had two prominent county commission guys here, right? That so they have all these ethical standards, they have all these rules, but with no enforcement. Oh, we're going to censor you, right? And we're going to fine you five dollars. Well, it's worth it. Uh, even legal things, right? If something's illegal, you go to jail. But you had the illegal Chinese lady who made ten million dollars with an illegal, um, which should be illegal, which is birthing. Birthing, it's not illegal, right? It should be illegal. I've told every politician that will listen to me that it should be legal where Chinese women, Chinese nationals uh, bring in from China, people have a baby, they take him back, the baby's American, he is eligible for 401k, for student loans, for handouts, liberal victimization, right? Just handouts, they're eligible for this. It's 100% legal. What she got popped for was that she was also we talked in the podcast not to do committing two crimes at the same time. She was uh, creating fraudulent visas and fraudulent travel visas for these women to come here and have the baby. So she made ten million dollars in op- operation. The federal judge finds her two million dollars in time served, which of course my person eighteen knowing me knows that I went ballistic and I did call the judge and I did call. Uh, the prosecutor, the prosecutor apologized to me and said that he was as angry as I was. It and did give me uh, the cell number of the judge, which I did not use. I called the judge's office. He gave him a piece of my mind because he gave her time served. Okay? So, again, the law and justice are distant cousins at Best. So let me ask you this question, Mike Persnisi. For $8 million, would you serve nine months in county jail? In Orange County, not county jail, Flint, Michigan, county jail, Orange County. Yes or no? Thank you. For yes or no answer? <laughs> what about that? <Baffert? laughs> well, no, because back to your point a minute ago, I've, for years and years and years, I've said to people, I operate under the ELM principle, E-L-M, ethical, legal, moral. And I really right. do, if it's ethical, legal, moral. Now, okay, there are there are variances or there's some accordion, there's some fudge factor in there. But for the right. most part, if it's ethical, legal, or moral, I'll explore it, I'll pursue it, I may do business with you. If it starts to go beyond that, I'm gonna just say, you know, Josh, I don't think we're a fit. I don't think we can do business together. And I've had guys ask me why. I said, I'll tell you, you're, you're, getting, you're getting away from my elm. You're getting away from my ethical, legal, moral. I, I just can't operate in that way. And I've had guys actually, I mean, you've had this too. They weren't right. very polite about saying goodbye. They called me names that I wouldn't even use if I were drunk. It's like, okay, well, you're, you're entitled to that opinion. You can say that. But I'm just telling you, be careful. Just be careful moving forward because you start getting into illegal activities. And this had to do with, unfortunately had to do with some drugs and some people ended up getting killed over that. I told right. them I don't want to associate with those kind of people because I don't trust them. Right. And one of the questions people ask you, well, you, do you trust me? No, that's why I'm separating. I don't. Right. 
And people get offended in California. What do you mean? You said you don't trust him? That's watch my lips. I'll go slow for you in English. I don't trust you. Bye. I mean, you get somebody else, and they will. Josh, they will. So our viewers and listeners need to listen to us. I'm I'm not preaching. I'm sharing. It's okay to say no. I'm going to write you a permission slip. You can say no to a lot of people in your life. When you say no, there's a freedom you can't describe. Right. No, you, you make more money firing clients. Sometimes they're acquiring clients. And by living and making clear that I'm not going to do anything uh, unethical or immoral or illegal, it's not even a moral thing, right? Or I'm trying trying to get to heaven or nothing. It's a business thing, right? Because it narrows down your clients to the people that you want to do business with and that it's uh, uh, profitable to do business with, stable to do business with, better communication, and then the speed of trust, right? But Covey's son, business transaction, everything goes fast. Where if somebody comes and raids my office saying that I did something, it's going to go fast because I don't have to remember anything. I don't have to worry about anything because I haven't done anything. Hi, you can sue me all you want. We can go out to the hearings you want. I'm going to be prepared. In the last four or five hearings, the other side hasn't shown up or argue for two hours about a technicality. And we had a situation the other day, uh, actually it was last week, where the other side is arguing about technicality and the judge said, let's put this aside for a second. Let's get to the meat of this. No, 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 no. We don't want to get to the meat. We want to focus on the thing. That's okay. Uh, let's risk it. Fix the technicality. We'll be back here in a, in a month, two months. Uh, but hold on, Mr. Risk. Do you guys want to put account this insignificant technicality and get to the meat of this and resolve this today? No, no, no. You really want to spend all that money? No, no, no. And then the judge smiles at me and says, oh, good luck, Mr. Fritzke. Basically telling me I won. <laughs> it's yeah. a technicality, right? And you can do that if you don't do anything um, illegal, immoral, or illegal. But I had to understand the world around me and people around me. Not everybody thinks the way I do. And there's multi multi billionaires who are happy or a good time. I even get to heaven doing more unethical things now and make a boatload of money. I'm not here to judge. I'm here to analyze and get ahead of the situation and monetize it. Like we monetize um, Medina Spirit at 12 to 1, yeah. Kentucky Derby, and we monetize the Freedom Stakes at 12 to 1. 12 to 1. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, by the way, Josh, just to let you know, and I, there are a lot of people watching and viewing and listening that do read scriptural, they read a lot of uh, sacred writings. The good book says, you know, the laborer is worthy of his or her hire, meaning it's not about making money. That's not the issue. I think the Apostle Paul said the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil, the lust of it, the worship of it. And this is right. what happens in a capitalist society. I admit that freely. People say, well, Mike, don't you think we should do socialism or cotton? No, I don't. It doesn't work because eventually you run out of money. It's always other people's money until you run out, right? Right, right. No, communism has never, socialism has never worked. Never worked. No, never. Never worked. And you'll get people that will fight to the death. They'll argue to the death with you, Josh, and me. 
And I said, well, why are you arguing with me? Just show me one place where it worked. Well, blah, blah, blah. and they go off. I said, there you go. Okay, we're done. Thank you. We're done. We're finished with this conversation. All right. So to this person's point, as we finish this comment here, and we'll know your, your thoughts, Michael Prisanisi. This theory aside, there's something amiss when the protocols, so you're talking about protocols. Yeah. We're talking about uh, Bob Bass are trying to hide. Oh, I didn't know what was going on with the horses, right? Medicine is for medicine, right? Not for performance enhancing, but when maximum security is a $12,000 horse, test dirty, wins the races, and listen to the previous podcast and learn about Jared Kirshner and the king of Saudi Arabia that's all involved in it. So you can see uh, a $12,000 horse becomes $35 million, like Wall Street bets, Robin Hood, that whole thing, all right? So protocols, the protocols are to do that, to get a $12,000 horse, make him into 35 million, aren't followed by the institutes. We're talking about institutions. That's why we had Carl DeMail, Jim Denson, right? Combined net worth, probably $100 million. And we had them here on the podcast. And we're, uh, thanks to my personality, we were able to pick their brain. Why? To make money. Having a legitimate role to play in the industry. Yeah, he says legitimate, right? So we all know that this process is not a legitimate process, but who cares? Because it's making a lot of money, right? $12,000 horses are becoming $35 million horses. And the handle, it's funny because the handle hasn't been published for the premium. All right, great. I'll just leave that. But for the Kentucky Derby, it's $33 million, 30, $3,233 million, right? The Kingland horse sales in 2020 was $223 million. I encourage everybody from a business standpoint to listen to the college basketball podcast I did with Graham Honecker. We wrote the book about Cinderella. The media rights for Butler University is $1.9 billion with a B, $1.9 billion. The horse racing industry is a $1 trillion industry. Housing market in the USA, $26 trillion. Stock market, $14 trillion. Right. So when you link Wall Street bets to maximum security, you have a lot of money for all of us. That's why we're here tonight. That's why you're listening to us, to get ahead of it and put some of that money in your pocket, we're telling you how, right? And we're not charging it because we're getting false to one of the horse. Anything else, Biden's gonna tax us 28% uh, capital gains security, right? So let me finish this start. I'm certain you would understand, right? He has to be a lawyer, now he's influencing me. After he set up the foundation, and on top of the foundation, he set up his logic. Protocol and le legitimacy should, and that's a command word. Now, I don't use that word with Anna should because it's a command i say i would prefer so i would change this sentence sir i'm certain you would understand the legitimacy and i would prefer rightly go hand in hand with integrity right so we went through that the whole thing about integrity and the reason i personally have integrity or what my perception of integrity is is so when i'm alone in the casket and i die i am going to feel better with myself that i'm in 
solidarity with the people of the world or the people that are men in my life who have and have had integrity. That just makes me feel good. But like many that's occurred in this beautiful USA, the greatest, richest country in the world, institutions have been turned upside down, 100%. Every single institution in this country has some level of corruption. Not all the way, not everybody's corrupt, but has some level of corruption because people that are a little bit more aggressive, the D category and the disc get a little bit higher that we'll talk about, right? And they get ahead and it's really the parable of the talents, uh, Matthew 24, and people who are aggressive, people who make connections, people who are corrupt, kind of move up, right? Solomon says it in the Bible, and all good books say it, that the sun rises on the good and the bad. Right. I love many things that have occurred in the beautiful USA, and I love this comments by uh, PDP, man, awesome stuff. But like many things that have occurred in this beautiful USA, institutions, institutions have been turned upside down. I would venture to say they've always been upside down, that now we have a more clarity of it. And we're romantics. We feel that at some point it could have been, all right, uh, it would turn up to that either way, right? So this person's pragmatic. He understands. They could go either way. They understand that our perception is in the highest. Understands probability theory. That you can only be assured of something up to 80%. Somebody says, oh, there's a lot. They're lying. There's no lots. It could be there's an 80% chance. There's a high probability. Either way, the odd thing is, good choice of language, taking place, especially right now, is that it's getting a lot of attention. What do you thought, Mike Christianese? And then I'll, I'll go with this profile, and then um, I'll explain what a DSM is. And what anti-personality disorder and link that to uh, Bob Baffer. What are your thoughts, final thoughts on uh, PDP's comments? Well, first of all, thank you, PDP. Those are insightful comments. And it sounds like you're a person who's actually watched or listened to a few podcasts. You've been following us and you kind of did the one, two, three, four, five. Oh, this is the progression so the logical conclusions are here and he's josh he's all over it he's he or she they are all over it. thank you for sharing that with us because that's very valuable feedback and josh it's a confirmation that we're talking about things before they occur we're telling people look if you will listen to us and watch and pay attention i'll guarantee you six weeks from now you can look back and say well, didn't Josh and Coach Mike talk about that five, six weeks ago? Yep, it's right there. So we're not prophets nor son of prophets per se. No. But if we do enough homework and due diligence, and if you understand that mathematics really is pattern, and there's pattern. Pattern recognition, yes. Pattern recognition. Now, I know you're going to talk about a couple, three things. I want to talk before we go tonight about this uh, Linda Rice, because that that's we'll finish with her. We'll finish with her. After we go this, we'll finish with the rest. Okay. Okay, good. Good. Uh, this profile. Right? Yeah. yeah. You're right. People are getting that we're at the heart, right? Because you have to be patient. 
and people have been profiteered, people have been sold to, but they haven't been given a, a profound, logical business process that's going to monetize things longer term. There, even though you can monetize it tonight, you can get on the computer and monetize it tonight, longer term, you're going to do it. Now, in a podcast, true podcast, you're telling a story, you're telling a narrative. True crime, right? Uh, it's a story, but here we're telling you why people commit the crimes. We're telling you not only the stories and the richness of the stories and things that get attention, as PDP shows, right? Yeah, yeah. Not only do they get attention, but we're telling you the whys in the uh, 120 years of successful life that Mike Persinese and I have had, because if we hadn't had that, haven't had that insight, we would have been dead a long time ago. Yeah. Right? With all these new enemies, right? Yeah. Uh, the whole, the, my father in law loves this story because he was all saying, ah. Every time I would tell him something, he would say, ah, always know people are out to get you. So there was this rich uh, Wall Street guy, had a kid. His kid went to Wall Street. It was in the 1950s. And first day in Wall Street, he didn't want him to work for him because he wanted his kid old school stuff, to learn the shops, to learn on his own, to do business with strangers, have nothing given to him. So he asked this kid who graduated from Harvard, the Kennedy kids, how was your first day in Wall Street? He's like, Dad, it seemed like everybody was out to get me. He's like, no, son, it didn't seem like everybody was out to get you. Everybody is out to get you. Well, having swum with the sharks, like my personality and I done, we're here to this point. And now something that's, again, pattern recognition. So you recognize the pattern, but great, you recognize the pattern. It's execution, right? So you told me, oh, that was well planned. Badly executed. That means it was badly planned because it wasn't execution. You have to have that ticket in the episode notes where you put a significant amount of money, 12 to 1, and you got it, right? And now Anna has gasoline for 2022, 2021's already in the book. But something's reoccurring that Coach Mike knows because Coach Mike is like me in that when we get hired for a job, I'll ask you this too if, in conjunction with the disc profile. 100% of all the jobs that I made the most money as business concierge or investment, anything else, has been different than what initially triggered everybody to have me there. Because we know the perception is only so much. There's so much people just don't know and haven't uh, learned about business that we do that the real core answer has been something totally different, right? And they're like, do you do that as well, Josh? Yes, I'm the one who made you aware of it on a deep level. So this was developed by the guy who wrote uh, Wonder Woman in the 1930s and 40s. Yeah. I'll have a link to the whole story in the episode notes, his name, right? And, you know, he was a polygamist, but he got away with him because uh, all of his wives were satisfied and nobody ratted on him. But it was Wonder Woman. He wrote uh, this personality profile 
that's used in business, and it's made me a lot of money. Why has it made a lot of money? Because I only market and send emails to or prospect the Ds, which are dominant personalities. And what I call the magic nine-word email. And in my restaurant, it was real Cuban food made by real Cubans. I made that in the subject line. I didn't know this at the time. I had no idea. I just know that I put that in the subject line. And when people opened up the email, it would have the address to the restaurant. And that was it. But that attracted George Steinbrenner, Malcolm Glazer, billionaires to come there because it was straight to the point. Right. And that's how you talk to people with dominant personalities. You look, Mike Persinese and I are extroverts. You would think we were mute when you saw us around dominant personalities to get those big checks from them. Because they appreciate, oh, I know you're an extrovert and you've had your mouth shut here for four hours. And you understand everything that's going on. You took notes. Thank you. I'm going to pay you triple. Because usually these people are the CEO types, the decision makers, right? right? Then you have, uh, I would venture, and my person Lisa can uh, correct me, right? But after knowing my person Lisa more than a decade, I would say that him and I, our combination of the D and the L, which uh, the I really, which is influencers, right? Right. People who can influence people and they like to influence. There's a lot of people, there's somebody that I'm doing business with right now. And I just sit there listening because they're always trying to convince me of something. So I'm listening. I'm like, oh, this is an L. He's always trying. He doesn't care if he's right or wrong. He just likes people to be convinced of whatever he's trying to sell. <laughs> These are L's. And because they have that kind of nature, they can go be, but they just like being out. They're like processing something. Sometimes these people become lawyers. They like to, like PDP, likes to convince you of something, right? Yeah, the I, actually, the influencer is in the disc profile. You talk about people that are outgoing. They're uh, extroverted. Right. They tend to be more, uh, what's the word, optimistic. Right. Uh, you know, they've got a, they're, they're lively, they're high energy, which that's what we are. But they'll tell you why they're cynical, right? And, and D's in the cynical, right? So we, we go to D or we can be a D if you want. If, it, if it's going to make money and make sense, we'll be D all day. Right. So we're more, we're more closer to over here versus somebody who's away with an L, right? And I think to your point earlier, Josh, there's a lot of people that if they are a strong D, very dominant, I mean, they're just direct, they're firm, strong willed, whatever. Okay. What we do, you sit back and you say, okay, hold on. I'm going to go to the other, I'm going to go the S and the C. I'm going to listen. I'm going to ask Mr. Hand questions. I'm going right. to take notes. I'm going to clarify, I'm going to verify, and all of a sudden, it's like you're a journalist, you're a reporter, you're just interviewing the person. You're not selling. Well, well it gets to decision science, which is up there on my right shoulder. Decision science, decision science. which is AKA common sense. Common sense. Get as much information as possible before you make a decision. And number two rule of being, right? Always do your research. Now, this is where the problem lies, I think, in society. Uh and these are a lot of people that rush the capital are in this category. Submissives, right? Submissives and compliance. Compliance are your accountants, your lawyers. Uh, if Mike Persinici and I are pitching a major corporation, and we, I call it the flash dance board. You get to the flash dance board, and there's your champion who's cheering, almost getting in fights for you on one side. 
you have two people in the middle who are literally in the middle. So you have usually you have 40% for you, 40% against you, and 20% that are in the middle, they want to see whether you're on top of them. Are you in good shape? Does it have anything to do with you creating value for that company? No. They want to know if you're in good shape. Do you dress nice? Do you speak well? Right. Not what you speak, not the substance. Mike Persinisi and I would be, let's know the substance. What is it you can do? No, they don't care about the substance. They care about the style or whether this guy's on top. Is this guy on top? So I've been blessed, fortunate, and good that walking in, I've aced the three. But then you have the fourth person who's always literally next against you. I've literally had people tell me to bribe the fourth person because that person, like another book that I have there, predictably rational. They don't take rationally. They're people who are submissives and allow D's and I's to make decisions for them. So submissive is basically, uh, I think his name was Hartston, uh, the guy who invented Wonder Woman, literally called him a slave. And now with political correctness, we call them submissives, or I've heard other names for them. But what they are, slaves. They have a slave mentality back to Matthew 24, right? The slave took his talent and buried it, one put it in a bank. The other one invested in this business. That's the one that got everything. Yeah, exactly. That's who we are. Yeah. And then you have compliance. Now, compliance are being counters, people who say, okay, but that's unethical and it's against the rule book. And then I'll say, okay, you're absolutely right. Now, I, I know not to argue with these people anymore, but I tell but what are the enforcement mechanisms? Oh, I don't know what the enforcement right. Yes, you do know. You just told me about an in, up, insecure, obscure, right. insignificant detail. Yes. Kind and you are now not small. gonna know right. what is not the most important part. Remember, that's why these people are employees. They don't start their own businesses. They're compliance. They're attorneys, right? This is what the law says. Da, da, da. I don't make any decisions. This is what the law says. And then I tell them, hey, uh, good nor- lawyers know the law. Great nor- lawyers know the judge. Yeah. Now, what you know is who you know. And that's why these people get crushed. That's why these people feel disenfranchised. That's why these people want to belong to militia groups. They want to blow stuff up, whether you're on the right or the left, whether you're a proud boys or a Tifa, it's the same compliant, submissive mentality that they say oh let's go to the black lives matter okay let's go to the capital they're submissive compliance people right so now we're talking about bob baffert in the story i think bob baffert's around here he's trying to influence but he's not the stronish family which are the dominants and then you get you combine this with sorry because the one of the groups that rush the capital are called the three percenters right so pattern recognition, 3% of the population has anti-social personality disorder. This comes from the, and I'll, and I'll put a parentheses there, right? And before I get into that, and get into the DSM, get into an anti-personality disorder, combine it with Bob, what we know about Bob Baffert, and then we'll tell the story of Linda Rice quickly and we'll close. So I'll put a parenthesis there. What are your thoughts, Mike Christinisi? And this profile. Well, one of the things this point. 
one of the things about what you just show with a disc profile or other assessments is that many times people are more than one particular style, unless it's real obvious. So a lot of times in my work, I find people are two and three styles, sometimes almost a fourth that sneaks in there. So the key is to figure out, okay, where do they tend to go? Not so much when things are going well, but under stress, where do they, where do they show up on the, on the quadrants? And usually if it's a dominant, they'll go to the strength, they'll go to the power. If it's an influencer, the same thing, they're gonna go to the influence. And so you have to start to learn how these things work. And talking about Bob Baffert, I honestly, I don't know the guy. I'd like to actually meet him so I talk to him because I think, right, right. I think he was a very affable guy. He loved horses. He was- But a lot of people say he was arrogant. So that's, that's one of the reasons, that's how we'll get him on. We'll say, what is the real Bob Baffert? That's what is he like? Who is the real Bob Baffert? Because I don't know. You don't know. We're, we're surmising. I'm not castigating him. I'm not casting aspersions. I'm not saying he, I don't know. But when you, when you let people fill in the blanks, Josh, you know this better than most, you're going to get in trouble. I don't like CEOs. Right. Well, I'm not doing these assessments and doing this profile. I know that you have the same experience that I have in companies. Uh, you have a group of 10 or 15 people, they don't let you finish. They all say, oh, yeah, I'm a D, da 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 They all plug themselves in, which is what you want, right? Because that's not me saying it. It's you saying it. That's right. Okay? So this is 3% of the population. And been doing the other podcasts on the people that are the capital. You look at facts. So facts is something that is proved to be true. How do you prove something? You prove something through direct evidence. And let's say Wisconsin, you can go online and put the link to it. What the courts in Wisconsin look at is direct evidence. Every state is different. But video evidence, right? Clear, contemporaneous video evidence. Uh, they can be corroborated. Uh, documentation that is contemporaneous and corroborated by other people in events, right? That fits the timeline, the circumstances, and it's reasonable to conclude that the worst form of evidence is eyewitness testimony, right? Uh, believe half of what you see, none of what you hear. So hearsay is out. Hearsay, not allowed in court. However, eyewitness testimony is allowed in court and it carries more weight when it is corroborated and it's reasonable when you plug in the time of events, right? So that, that's what we're looking at, right? So we make assessments of Bob Affer. We look at the evidence, what, what the direct results are in conjunction. Now, my wife's a psychotherapist. Uh, Mike Prestonese has a degree in counseling also as well. And for me to be able to do so well as I did in the restaurant and in business, 60% of it is psychology. My wife's been a psychotherapist for 17 years. She's been a manager now for close to a decade in it. Uh, clients and coworkers seek her out. She's like, my kid isn't going to anyone that isn't my wife, Anna, because she knows what she's talking about. Now, I love watching movies with Anna. I watch a lot of movies with Anna. But for some people, me, it's different, right? Because I like it. Because this takes one element out, and I can look at other elements in the movie. But she's one of the worst people to watch a movie because she figures out the ending 
30 seconds into the movie that, oh, this is the way it's going to end because she can mismatch in a second the psychology behind it, right? So what she uses, everybody uses, is the dialectical, statistical model, right? To assess people, right? My person, Nancy, and I are not psychotherapists, but we are like anybody else, anybody should be to study mental health because we're in a mental health crisis. Yeah. Most crimes are committed because of mental health issues. And we give first aid kit. So if somebody comes up to me and says, talk me out of using excessive amounts of cocaine, I go into start about beliefs. What is it you believe? Forget about your cocaine or whatever, but it's flattering, right? You know, and it is kind of forward, right? And how could somebody, oh, how could somebody, well, the person's a dry guy. <laughs> what do you think they're going to do? <laughs> but, hey, we keep for me for help, and we, and we taught them that. So we know the basics of it, right? So in the DSM, dialectical statistical model, because math is what? Pattern recognition. It lists patterns. And if you have a plurality of, if you have three out of five, if you have seven out of ten, then you are this. Now, Mike Persinisi and I can assess people and can't say this person has anti-personality disorder. But like a lawyer does, we can read the DSM, right? And we have advanced degrees, yes. master's degrees. We can read the DSM, process the DSM, and have very, very high-level awareness of our surroundings and be able to get ahead of business situation yeah, and yeah. place a hundred dollar bets on the Preakness and the Kentucky Derby at 12 to one. And then that's only, that's what, 500 bucks. But you do that in, right? In business concierge and in investments using what? Decision science. science right. so let's use a little science to talk about anti-personality disorder uh, in my Trump Nations podcast when uh, uh, one of the podcasts we looked at facts, we looked at the DSM, and some of the folks that were in the military, who were retired military, retired cops, whatever, published social media posts, right? Uh, published statements that according to the DSM, led us to question and say, hey, is this uh, paranoid schizophrenia, right? Especially when the delusions, QAnon, believing in distortions and delusions, they may they meet the dialectical statistical model for paranoid schizophrenic, and they believe QAnon, and they rush the capital, right? So, Bob Bass, based on all the studies we've done, his behavior, uh, his public statements, the things he's been busted for, right. we'll look at it. And this is 3% of the population, like the 3%ers. Uh, lack of remorse. Right, and we talked about: Do you really love the horse? Horse racing, true crime. Do you win the rights? Do you really love the horse? Right, and what you are is what you believe, and what you did was keep spiking horses until there was a consequence for it. Frequently lying. Bob Baffert gave us four different stories about why Medina, and, and it's really after this point, it's irrelevant, because the man's already won the triple count with Justify 
which was a spiked horse. He went to Kentucky Derby with maximum security, who was tested by the crown. You know, this is crazy, right? He's tested by the crown prince of Saudi Arabia as being a dirty horse. Gets the stink side. Uh, Jared Kirshner is embarrassed. He loses stature because the United States brings in a spiked horse and wins the Saudi Cup. So Mike Persinese, what I know about Mike Persinese and what I know about myself, we would not have the goal to run that horse at the Kentucky Derby like the way Bob Baffert did. So he did do it in the test dirty for you. And the horse maximum security. Guess what? When maximum security came to Del Mar, which horse did I bet on? (laughs) And I won the ticket. You don't have to be a genius. I just did a little math, which is pattern recognition. Nobody's paying attention or cares. But we do because we want to get ahead of it. Horse racing true crime. Uh, superficial f- charm. Yeah. I think he exudes that. And at the end of this, I'll ask uh, my person, but I think he exudes that in his interviews and what we see. Videos. Lack of emotion. Stoic. He seems like a stoic guy. Distorted sense of self. When you read his biography, a lot of people said that he was stuck up. But a lot of this is double-edged swords. Yeah, being stuck up, uh, not letting emotions get in, in the way of your decision-making are good traits that are good in business, make you money, and become successful. So it's not simple. It's complicated. And uh, complicated finance is something that's more than one. So two or more is complicated. So the fact that these uh, traits can go either way, can hurt you or harm you, make them complicated, right? And constant, right, uh, need for new sensations. He's involved in a sport that's gambling. There's a, he has several courses, several races. He's been married four times. He has a new kid. You know, he's, of course he's going to get tired of the wife. He's going to get a new woman and have a kid, even though, you know, we were talking to Coach Mike. He, he, I don't think he minds me sharing. Uh, right before we went on, he got a call from his daughter, who was in, uh, I'm not going to say her age, probably get mad if she's listening, but she has, what, three, four kids. He got a call from her. Bob Baffert has a 10-year-old kid. <laughs> right? He wants those new sensations. So what are your thoughts on that? Yeah. And combining it, to a guy like Bob Baffert or even Bob Baffert himself. Yeah. Well, you know, one thing you said a minute ago, Josh, a lot of people, I have been called arrogant a few times. And I said, well, if I could correct you, I would say confident. No, I think you're an arrogant blah, 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 Mike. I said, okay, fair enough. I said, now, can you prove that? I mean, just, I'm asking you a question. Can you prove that you just called me an arrogant whatever? Can you prove it? Well, I don't like the way you blah, 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 blah. I said, okay, okay, stop. And this is Bob Baffert, I think, to a T. If you're not blowing smoke up his skirt, he's narcissistic. I, I'm sorry. I That's the impression I get. Maybe he is arrogant. Maybe it's just because he's so confident he's won so many times. I don't know. But when you call people out on this, well, give me some data. Give me a specific. Well, what are you talking about? And people usually can't because you have the audacity or the effrontery to say, I think you're wrong. And I wish, no, I pray as people watching and listening to our podcast, Josh, would take away from this tonight that, you know what, you have the power in your personality to say no to people. If there's somebody bullying you or somebody gets in your face, yeah, 
right back to the profile. Move to a different quadrant. I've been coaching a guy now for years, okay? You can learn from it because, to be honest, both uh, my personality and our else, right? But I've taught myself to be a D. Now I can be an extreme D if you want me to. Right. right. And I can use D because really at the heart of being an L is manipulation. And sometimes you have to be manipulated. Let's say I'm in a business thing and I have the one client for $20 million, He's an extreme D. And I remember in a meeting, I got asked a question in a meeting that I prepared days for. And I knew more than anybody in the room about every nuance or everything that's going on. And I got asked a question. And I, the answer was no. And then the one guy says, can you elaborate? No. And the other guy says, well, can you please elaborate? And I looked at my client. Do you want me to elaborate? He says, no. No. It was no. It was no. That was my first instinct to tell him a story for four hours. Yeah. But the guy was $20 million, right? But I laugh at who was it that you pissed off? Oh, your the client is giving you the most money? That's not smart. No, no. I, you know, what I wanted to do was tell him everything. I wanted to show how smarter I am than these two attorneys as a non-attorney, how I knew everything. That's what I wanted to do, yeah. right? Yeah. But you don't do what you want to do in business. You do what you need to do in business. So L is manipulation, right? Bob Baffert, as the boss, sort of wants to be, wants to be manipulative right you don't become the the, the high bundy right because i kind of went from the beginning of what the oath keepers what militia groups up i go to clyde bundy i go to the freeman or whatever but clyde bundy right wanted he wasn't there uh everybody who shot and killed fbi agents for his cows they're in jail clyde bundy wasn't there he wanted to manipulate the guys that did the head Oh, the Proud Boys wasn't there, or the Keepers, or whatever. They want to manipulate the people who actually rush the camp because they get off on the manipulation okay. of being an extreme, of being able to influence people and to con them into doing things. They get off on it. Now, anti-personality disorder, antisocial, people get it wrong. Culturally, antisocial is isolating, not liking people, being abrupt. That's cultural. If you go by the dialectical statistical model or the definition of antisocial in psychiatry and psychotherapy, it is antisocial means manipulation. So he wanted to manipulate, he loves for the horses to test dirty and to manipulate the board, everybody, the owners, the board, his ex wives, his current wife, his 10 year old kid, you and me, that he didn't know anything about it or that the horse was suspect. Right, right. And you use the L, I call it I, for dominance and influence in the DISC model. But influence, yeah. the influencer, that's so true. And again, getting back to Baffert, I, I feel bad for this guy. We're kind of bagging on the guy. I wish he would actually come on and tell us, no, you guys are full of crap. We're, not bad. we're, we're, we're just analyzing the situation and then matching it that's for our perception. We have no idea whether this guy isn't, but we do know people like this. And... Those are the patterns to recognize, That's to get ahead of, to what? Monetize. We hear about the money. Well, you mentioned Linda Rice. I think we should probably segue to her. Because yeah, here tell us what Linda Rice is. 
Here's another person. I mean, she's successful. Josh, 35 years in the New York trainer uh, echelons. Why do you have to cheat? Why are you trying to get different uh, insights? Are you greedy? Is it a is it a, some kind of a someone was gambling with you? Did they dare? Is it a dare? Truth or dare? I mean, why do these people do that? And so for 35 years, she was a, a trainer, extremely successful trainer. Uh, when you hear the Belmont Stakes, you hear Todd Fletcher, right? Yeah. So she uh, tied Todd Fletcher in 2011 for top honors. Yeah. At Belmont Park, very interesting. They pop her. They pop her for something she did from. And I'll ask you. We'll listen from her. And then at the end, they'll answer why did the board pop her for something going on from 2011 to 2015. Very interesting period. Whenever there was a uh, yeah. um, advancement in uh, masking eaters, right? Right. And then uh, we'll break out some general. But let's listen to her. Let's see how she sounds like. Because we're doing real reporting. We're not just uh, looking at the facts, matching panels. We're actually listening to the people and interviewing the people. So let's listen to uh, Linda Rice. See how she sounds like. We actually have one about Baffert we'll play next week. So here's Linda. Hey, everybody. Maggie Wolfendale here at Belmont Park, and I'm accompanied by trainer Linda Rice. Linda, you got your start in horse racing, obviously, a big horse racing family, and your dad was a trainer at Penn National. Now, it's a big job. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> let's stop her there. Here to New York. How did you make that leap? All right, so let's stop it right there. At first, I went to New Jersey for three years out of college. And uh, did New Jersey. A nugget I did not know. You know where I'm going with this. I came to New York and uh, I decided to stay. Uh, Mike Christianisi, why am I stopping it there at Penn National? <laughs> Man, I'll tell you, Josh, if, if you folks have been listening and watching for the last three or four podcasts, I mean, that's that's the button you push. You just won. You just won all the money right there. I mean, Penn National, you're talking about the guys from Wynn. You're talking about all the guys. The Stronich family. Who's Steve Wynn? Steve Wynn. You bring all the players into the fold now. You're going, oh, oh, now you're up at it's this. Steve Wynn involved with the mafia. In the mafia, of course. Organized crime. Yeah. And this poor reporter rat, I mean, she, hi, I'm, she's just blowing smoke up her skirt. You're wonderful. You're a woman. You're so sweet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stop. You're not, you're not reporting. You're, you're it's a gossip column. You're giving her some. Well, she's ill informed. She, this reporter needs to listen to the pot, the very first podcast, yeah. right? She needs to listen to the very first podcast to learn who Penn National is, right? And as we get into the football season, got a message from somebody, uh, and they were like, oh, you know, the odds are out for the game. And the reason that our podcast makes so much money and we make people so much, God knows how many millions of dollars we make people. Is because our main competition is Barstool Sports. It's owned by Penn National. Mm-hmm. Penn National is owned by the Win, and the Win started uh, by people in the commission, which is the overarching organization for the mafia, mm-hmm. for the people you see in the movie The Irish. They were on top of Jimmy Hoffa, who killed Jimmy Hoffa. Yeah. So right there, off the bat, we'll start again. She works for the Mafia, so same as uh, Portnoy, Pump and Dump, and Penn National 
is a publicly traded company. And why one of the elements that you can clear Luciano, we're going to talk about um, regulation, Finner style that he does for his day job and how it applies to sports betting. Because what do we do? We're not judging. We're just getting ahead of the facts and the evidence. Why? Monetize. So if she knew, she listened to the podcast and was an educated reporter like they used to do, and then the number two rule of betting, what we do in business concierge, business control, she would not have made that mistake. Say Penn National, the mafia, right out of the back. So she's saying, oh, Linda Rice, you work for the mob. You work for the Gambino family. Yeah. Right again. We just flabbergasted in the state. As we get the sound back on, oh, here we go. Let's get back on. Have to reset it. Even the computer goes flabbergasted. What she said? <laughs> said she said Penn National. That's what Penn National is actually a good stock. I own stock in Penn National. So you said, Josh. Wait, hold on, Josh. You said just a moment ago that you would not do anything immoral, unethical, or illegal yet. You own Penn National, right? And I said, well, good book that I grew up on says that the sun shines on the good and the bad. Give to Caesar what is to Caesar. And uh, I don't think it's immoral or illegal or unethical to own stock in a publicly traded company. Right. Right. Publicly traded company, Penn National, that also owns Barstool Sports. In the beginning of the pandemic, what again? There's something that's immoral and illegal. Not illegal. It's immoral. It's illegal for me to do it. It would be illegal for uh, Mike Persini's son, Luciano to do it, right? But uh, it's legal for Portnoy, who is uh, one of the top guys at Barstool Sports that's owned by Penn National. And what he did was a pump and dump, right? Which he has a huge audience. He set up, this is how bad it was. It's funny because he's now uh, doing the old accuse the others of what you do. He's, but this is worse. He sets up a company and tells all his minions, right? Now we know who minions are. The S's and the C's, uh-huh. compliance and slaves, to buy stock in his company. Now, NFL, we were 64% NFL. A huge amount of profit. 500% profit NFL. And tracked every game. College, we were close to 70%. So the percentages were even higher, 700%. Portnoy does the same thing. He has a show giving picks. Now, let me ask you this, Mike Christianese, if we get the sound to her again. And I won't stop at this time. Because <laughs> the computer was flabbergasted. 
would you get picks from? Our podcast that's working for the people who make money or for uh, from Portnoy that works for Penn National that's owned by Steve Wynn, who is part of the commission that oversees the five families in honor of the, the win in uh, Vegas and Penn National in the sports world. Okay, so this is for the viewer and the listener, all right? If you watch a lot of TV and you listen to all the hype and all the hoopla and all the nonsense, you're going to go with those guys because after all, they're on TV. It's Steve Wynn, it's Las Vegas, it's gambling, it's CBS, NBC, ABC, blah, blah, blah. Guys like you and me are saying, I wouldn't do that if I were you. I wouldn't do that. I would listen to us and follow our recommendations. Why? Because if you listen to the facts and the data and what what's the term used? The backstory. If you listen right. to the research and you do some research and due diligence, you say, these guys are on it. These guys, I think I'm gonna go with these guys. So we're politely asking people, we're we're asking them to use the God-given brains they have and say, Think about it for just a minute. Who would you, do you think, that, and when you go to Las Vegas, Josh, what are the house odds? Well, how much do they win in, in Las Vegas? What are the odds? Do you know what the winning percentage is? Hey, everybody, Maggie Wolfendale here at Belmont Park, and I'm accompanied by trainer Linda Rice. Linda? All right, yeah, no, to answer your question, uh, they win 80% of the you time. start horse racing, obviously, a big horse racing family, and your dad was a trainer at Penn National. Now, it's a big job, I can speak from experience. Penn National. Here to New York. trainer at Penn National. Oh, yeah. At first, I went to New Jersey for three years out of college, and uh, did New Jersey golf shirt in the winter, and then one winter, I They lobsters in New Jersey? <laughs> Uh, and I, I decided to stay. And uh, the racing secretary asked me what my intentions were. I said I was going to stay here year round, surely. And I've been here ever since. Well, that's great. Now, another thing you also do is go to the sales a lot. Uh, how important is that for your business? And uh, what do you look for in horses specifically? Okay, so I'll stop it right there. So you got this under control. So the sales, right? So the Kingland sales were. $233 million. Our dad works for Penn National. And we know the Penn National is the mafia. It's Tony Soprano. A little bit higher than Tony Soprano, which he's at. But it's Tony Soprano. Even Tony Soprano had a horse. Right? Right? And that's what her dad worked for. And then she went to school in New Jersey where the Sopranos are set. Linda Rice. All right. I don't think the reporter would have done this interview this way if she had done her homework. The way the reporters used to be, the way I was taught, the pointer right. to it. Linda, you guys are starting horse racing, obviously, a big horse racing family, and your dad was a trainer at Penn National. Now, that's a big job, I can speak from experience, coming from Penn National here to New York. How did you make that leap? Well, I, she worked for Penn National, too, the reporter. For three years. Yeah. Yeah. The reporting is uh, <laughs> Mafia reporting. She golf the winner. And then when I came to New York, and uh, I decided to stay. And uh, the racing secretary asked me what my intentions were. I said I was going to stay here year-round, surely. And I've been here since. Well, that's great. Now, another thing you also do is go to the sales a lot. Uh, how important is that for your business? And uh, what do you look for in horses specifically when you go there? Well, I um, have a family background in buying and breaking and training young horses. 
And that's really been my strength. And uh, there's nothing I like better than going to horse auctions and buying yearlings and tools and training. Oh, um, let me ask you a question. It's like going to sex with that. All right, let's, let's stop. Let me ask you this question. Okay. She gets caught, and we'll close with this. We'll get a final thoughts after this question, after she finishes her question. She gets popped for spiking horses from 2011 to 2015. We're now in 2021. She just said that her specialty was buying and gets hard to Wall Street bets, gets to the heart of maximum security being a $12,000 horse and making him to $35 million. So literally, that is her job. For Penn National, they both had worked for Penn National, who was owned by C. Wynn, and C. Wynn is literally in the commission. And because he was part of the commission, that's part of the reason he was kicked out of being the director of finance for the Republican Party. Yeah. Yeah. Steve Wynn does what he wants, believe me. Multi-billionaire guy, great businessman. Well, here's what's interesting. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so here's what's interesting. So you have this group called the Racing Medication and Testing Consortium, all right? Right. <laughs> they made a rule. This had to do with uh, clenbuterol. That's a basically right. used to uh, treat the lower uh, airway disease in horses. But right. it also builds up muscle and it reduces fat and so on. Right. So from 2011 to 2015 inclusive, she's involved in this. And they just kicked her license out for three years. But that was 2011, 2015. Why are they just doing it today? This is right. six years later. Did, did Let me ask you this. Is it because if they did two things, right? She just said that her strength was buying and selling of the horse. Yeah, horse auctions. So, so they, they, uh, they stopped her from training horses. So she can still buy and sell horses. So this doesn't affect her main business in any ways. Remember what we're talking about, enforcement, breaking ethical standard, making a moral rule. If it, if it doesn't have an enforcement, it doesn't matter, right? Uh, horse sales, we told you what the kingdom sales were, $233 million she's involved in. So let me ask you this, the money that get, now, remember the commission in win, right? Uh, they, make money from strip clubs from prostitution human trafficking not drugs drugs is out of it but extortion protection market manipulation all that stuff kicks in do you think some of that money is used for the horses Okay. Yes. All right. So yeah. So some of the money, and you say, well, you get ahead of the game. You really do when you're betting the horses and you're finding out where they came from. So you see a horse, Delmar. They came. We're gonna have some fun picking these horse, these uh, Delmar races. Seeing which horses came from the Stronish family. We just keep it simple, right? to what we've been working on on the podcast, monetizing. Okay, here we go. Linda Rice. Man, this has been a tremendous interview the first minute. <laughs> we learned so much. I add those horses to my stable, try to buy young talent for my clients that I can be excited about you know, down the road in the future. And uh, I think that um, it just... Who are our clients? Oh, ah. Is that Bobby Baffert or somebody like him? Or <laughs> Could be Bobby Baffert. I think a lot of unsuspecting owners, a lot of people with a ton of money. Sure. 
who have money to burn, who don't understand the racket. And I, and I call it a racket because it's very insular. Uh, to this point, you hear a lot of horse racing people say civilians, civilians. And I'm like, what civilian? There's been a horse track. I mean, either on the way to church or on the way to clean a building or something. When we're in LA, we passed people going to the racetrack in LA. When I live in San Diego, Del Mar, San Diego, or uh, I had to go to Ocala to people that own the Bad Boys Farm in Ocala with a Stronish family. So, I mean, I'm a civilian. I can't be part of it, even though I'm an American. There, yeah, because it's very insular. And what are insular people do, right? That's the racketeering. But they will be bringing civilians. Like I remember in New Orleans, I remember a guy. Oh, we see him coming, right? The native New Orleans see the civilians, the tourists coming. Even set up a system to what? Take advantage of them. And that's something we provide on this podcast. We help people not get taken advantage of. Anybody that listens to this podcast will not get taken advantage of by somebody with an anti-social personality disorder. Yeah. Let's finish. I continue to develop nice, talented young horses. And I'm happy to say that some of the stakes horses and racing today were horses that I purchased as two year olds and millions and stuff. So it's great. I should develop them. I'll tell you. I'll ask you later. A multitude of horses, some of which are stallions now. Who's been your favorite? City Zip. He's my favorite. He was uh, one of the best two year olds, of course, I've ever trained and that Jose Santos had ever ridden, as he says. And uh, he was. Jose Santos. Uh, horse trained at a great mind, was very talented, um, won all the stakes races at Saratoga for me, uh, won uh, here at Belmont Park, and uh, he's turning a good stallion as well. Now, Linda, you have obviously had a lot of success here in New York and capturing the 2009 Saratoga training titles, just one uh, of your accomplishments. What is the single thing that you think keeps that high-level success going in your barn? Well, I, you know, I try to set yearly goals for myself and change things that I'm doing every year and evaluate my own record and what I'm doing. And every year I try to take a look at what I've done and what I need to change to make it better, whether that is uh, to improve my, my staff, improve the quality of the horses I'm training. Make sure um, the quality so of the masking agents for the drugs. Frankly, on a weekly basis, much less a yearly basis. And I think that's a big key to, to keeping moving forward. Linda, thank you so much for your time. So you heard it right out of her mouth, right? We're talking here about facts, evidence, right? And I'll ask you these questions and then we'll close. Uh, Jose Santos, right? You pick horses. So I picked the 12, two horses because of Flavio Pratt. And I monetize. So everything we talk about here is things that uh, we monetize. She's compassionate. She was talking about her. She's tough. She's compassionate. So, uh, a lot in there. It was an amazing interview. Looking at it, the perspective of it, right? I mean, the lack of education of the reporter, who was basically uh, a mafia piece. So, this is 2021. You're getting here for Clembura, which is a steroid that makes you faster and stronger, that's been banned in sports. So Linda Rice, is she facing any real consequences for what she's doing? Because she's a broker, she gets the horse, she says, oh yeah, we make the horses better. Right there, I'll ask you this, 
is that a confessional where she right there basically confessing? Well, I make the horses better versus saying we have great training techniques to make the horses better. And uh, second question before we give you final thoughts is Jose Santos. A guy that we're gonna do a little research on and maybe get some horse racing true crime insight. Sure enough, yeah. So the question you're asking is is she how does she go about making a horse better? Well, the obvious answer for our viewers and listeners would be, well, she's a trainer. Okay, I, I'm with you so far. So what does she do in training? Well, you walk the horse, you ride the horse, you feed it, you groom it, you build it up. Oh, do you give it clenbuterol? No, no, you don't give it clenbuterol. Why not? It's like we talked about the last couple podcasts, Josh. These PEDs, performance enhancing drugs, they are so non-traceable, right? That's the key of the veterinarian's brain. They're non-traceable drugs. And so when they claim this RMTC, this Racing Medication Testing Consortium, which it's hard to say, hard to believe, they say this clenbuterol is a drug that's used to treat lower airway diseases in horses. What does that mean? <laughs> and, and then they go on and say, but it can also build up muscle and reduce fat for the horse. So what you're telling me is this is a drug that's gonna help the horse because it has a disease someplace, but it's gonna build up its muscle and reduce fat. So it's gonna be stronger and leaner all the time being masked while it's racing and I can't find it out. And this is what a trainer does today. Okay, if, if, you, if that's what you're telling me in this interview, I'm going to take you at your word. I think you're dishonest at best. Well, this is why lawyers tell people to shut their mouths, right? Uh, right there at the beginning, it didn't even take two or three seconds. And we stopped in the computer with hair uh, He admitted being and working lifetime employees of the mafia, right? Penn National. National. They, the first podcast we had, we had Gil on. The first thing he talks about is Penn National. We'll start the next podcast with that. Penn National, which is Barstool Sports. We can go on and on. Wind Hotel. Read about what's going on in the Wind Hotels now in Boston. Uh, so you miss that. And then the other part of it is that you caught on, right? The inconsistency in her story. And uh, the fact that it is so insular, right? Civilians. What do you call a civilian? Somebody who's non-mafia, right? Then you call other civilians uh, the management structure of it, right? Because I'm an expert in management structure because I have a master's of business administration. And I've gotten paid to structure businesses in a way that works depending really on the thumbprint of the particular business, but they'll tell you it's the industry. She's a buyer is what she's admitted to saying yeah. she's a buyer and she supervises the trainer and she's really the point person that's why she's out right when the point just fire she's the point person of getting maximum security at twelve thousand and having it sold for 35 million 35 million of course this is belmont park and where's belmont park in new york city the home of the five families so I'll ask you this question, then final thoughts. Belmont Park, Linda Rice, home of the five families. Does the commission, right, and the five families have influence over Belmont Park in New York City? 
once your final thoughts as it seems like it all ties in together and part of that question is you talked about that medical board right yeah and we talked about barry and honey sherman owning a pharmaceutical conglomerate and to be specific horse pharmacies right yeah. Yeah, because you asked the question earlier. I was going to answer it. So does Linda Rice, is she adversely affected by this, my word, not yours, slap on the wrist? The answer is no. What did they do? They did a symbolic gesture six years later saying, Linda, you know, we have to use the word corrupt and you, uh, you wanted improper access in air quotes now. So you have this board really doing a symbolic gesture to slap her on the wrist. And this is front of the whole world. It's New York City, right? It's a big about thinking about it because she's a very, she seems very introverted. It seems like very calculated. Like she might have volunteered, hey, I can take the hit. I've been doing this 35 years. Right. I got $100 million, you know, liquid assets. Absolutely. Surely does seem like a mafia person. She's probably a capo because my dad was in here. He vouched me in. I'm a capo here. I kick up to Steve Wynn and no one else. Yeah. I got $100 million assets, liquid assets here. Uh, I'll take the hit. Yeah. Suspend me. Whatever. <laughs> well, these are, Josh, I hope our viewers and listeners are catching this. These are the kind of meetings behind closed door in Manhattan on the 35th floor having martinis. Right. Yo, Linda, you know, we got you, you got to do the favor, okay? You got to take a little hit for a couple things because this got, okay, okay, boss, you got, what else? That's it. Hey, by the way, here's a, here's a half a million. I want you to go buy another horse. I mean, this is how this goes down. And when and you ahead of the Belmont Stakes, Belmont. so now people, oh, it's a clean race. We, we, oh, we yeah. suspended the price. <laughs> we just scrubbed it. It's all cleaned up, right? Sure, sure. That's right. You got to love it. Truth is so much stranger than fiction. It is. It truly is. And I, I thank the listeners and viewers for letting us go on tonight because it comes together. The more, the more you play in this arena, I call what we're doing playing in this arena. We're asking questions. We're probing. We're pontificating. We're hypothesizing. Okay. The point is, are we asking questions that need answers? Yeah. Where do you get them? I don't, not anywhere else I know of, not the media, not the magazines, not these reporterettes. Hey, hi, Linda. Oh, hi. Didn't we work together? Yeah, when? Yeah. I mean, it's such Connect. a closed loop system. It's all internal win, 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 win. W-I-N, not W-Y-N-N. So that's my final thoughts on this. This is amazing stuff, Josh. Good, good. It, 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 it really is. And you have to break it down. We actually did it super fast, warp speed. Yeah. Piece by piece. But you have to have a purpose, right? Uh, first two rounds of the Triple Crown, 12 to 1. We got it yeah. because of our cynical nature. It's yeah. cynicism, cynicism leading to it. And then he's fascinating. That's why true crime is the number one part a podcast, right? There's 18 million and growing people and the number one genre is true crime because of this. Yeah. And not only do you get ahead of these, because they, they're really providing us a service. They're providing us media. They're providing us stupidity, bad PR, getting ahead of things. And 
the apathetic public letting things go that you and I don't let go because we use it to monetize it, right? But on top of that, on top of getting ahead of events and making money in business and life, on top of, right, based learning through all this, basic mental health skills to help you today now, make money today now. You can make tonight, you can make an investment on this information. You can bet on a stock, you can bet on a team, a horse, don't want stakes with this information to make money. They're only gonna have good mental health skills, basic first aid kits. So you can ask questions, get the right therapist, right? On top of all that, you will now understand why the construction at your high school is taking so long. <laughs> you understand those are the same local politicians, the horse race, they're the same people on the school board, the board of the trustees at the junior college. Yeah, right. The, the projects manager that works for the city, why the construction on that street's taking 10 years. Yeah. yeah. Right? It's the same thing. So why you can get ahead of it and you can make money doing it. Anything else, Micro Cities, as we close? There's some well, this, the greatest podcast of all time. I think it's the best podcast in America. People listening to now enjoy it, and people listening five years from now enjoy it. I was, it just reminded me, I was doing a team building session one time with a company, small company, less than 50 employees. And somebody had asked me a question and I said, well, I'm going to use the F word. And they all stopped. I, I said, focus, the F word, focus. What, what do you think? And they all kind of chuckled and laughed. I said, no, no, no. The key is you have to focus. If you can focus in a business meeting, if you can focus listening to somebody blow off and say, okay, Josh, I got your storm. Now, can I get back to my question? If you can right. focus, you can succeed. And I hope people take away from this tonight, the idea of listening, of gathering information, asking Mr. Hancourt, who, what, when, where, why, how much, how many, writing down, clarifying the answer. This is a big one. Josh, you said a minute ago it was 233 million. Can you verify that? Sure. You give us, you give me three references. All the links are in the episode notes, right? It, and it's about pattern recognition, right? First, you got to do the research that he talked about, my percentage he did. But understanding and pattern recognition is math, learning your surroundings, getting ahead of everything, and being a contrarian thinking, contrarian thinking, cynicism, right? And education, right? If that girl knew that. Penn National is owned by the mafia. That would not be the first word out of her mouth uh, interviewing a woman that she knew at that point. Her dad worked for the mob, i.e. Penn National, who's known to what? Spike horses. What did she get in trouble for? Spiked horses. Why have all these horses died in the last three years? Spiked horses. I so in the Belmont Stakes and in Delmar, we are going to wager and make money predicting which are going to be the spike towards. <laughs> so anybody, oh, is this about horse racing? It's everything there is to be known about horse racing, true crime, human nature, basic mental health, mental health first aid kit. Yeah. 
Yeah. Psychology in conjunction with business and pattern recognition with his math that makes you make, to make money. As we parlay uh, this into Delmar, and then we'll start. Um, Uh, I'll talk with Mike Christianisi, how we'll pause the horse racing true crime, maybe to once a month during football season, update on the true crime elements of it. And we make money on NFL football, college football. Uh, but again, those podcasts add the same elements, same exact elements. The referees are paid by the league the league asks for a tax exemption status that makes them, the NFL is an entertainment company to not a sports company. What does that mean, Josh? It means that the refs can make a bad call on purpose and keep their fiduciary responsibility with the NFL. We'll break that down in a later podcast. We'll always end with Sir Winston Churchill. You make a living from your labor but you make a life from what you give, you always get 10 times more of what you give. And what we do, we give you information you cannot get anywhere else. That's why we do it. That's why you listen and grow the podcast. Thank you so kindly. Thank you for listening to the ESPC Podcast Network.